Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Jason Tucker. This is Dev Branch for WP Water Cooler. We're going to talk about WP GraphQL with WordPress. This episode is brought to you by ServerPress, Maker's Desktop Server. They make local WordPress development easy. Go check them out over at serverpress.com. Wow, that was all professional and stuff. Right? Yeah. I know. Yeah, look at that. I, wow. I actually like, didn't want to say anything. Am I on the right show? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> oh, man. No, it's good stuff, guys. Come on. So, yeah, today we're going to be talking about uh, WP, Gra- WP GraphQL. And, um, yeah, let's go around the room real quick, get everyone introduced. Cosper, tell us about yourself. Hey, everybody, y'all know who it is. It's your boy, Jason Cosper, uh, a.k.a. Fat Mullenweg, uh, a.k.a. Dan, I'd rather not, but um, here to talk GraphQL, here to uh, to get into the, the zeros and ones on Dev Branch. Awesome. Good to have you on, Cosper. Jacob, you're back. What's up, bro? Tell us about yourself. Back again. Yeah, I got the call. I got the back call. What's going on? <laughs> uh, Jacob Ariola from Zeke Interactive. Uh, all things web development. Um, happy to be talking about GraphQL and WP GraphQL and how it all relates to WordPress. So what's going on? Awesome. How about you, Russ? Tell us about yourself. What's up? I'm Russ Laren. I'm here in Las Vegas. And, you know, APIs, I, li- I like APIs. I've never heard of GraphQL. So Jacob and Jason, I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Steve, how about you? Tell us about yourself. Steve Zengen, I'm the founder of Zeke Interactive, and I run the OC WordPress Meetup. Awesome. Jason Ball, how about you? Tell us about yourself. Yeah, can you all hear me fine? Yeah. We sure can. Sweet. I was having the audio issues. Uh, yeah, my name is Jason Ball. I'm the creator and maintainer of WP GraphQL, which is a free open source plugin that turns WordPress into a GraphQL server. Sweet. I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me over at Jason Tucker on Twitter. My website is jasontucker.blog. Um, I do this show as well as another show called WP Blab, which is now called the WordPress Marketing Show. Marketing if, you're, show. If, if you're not if you're not familiar, you can go check that out over at wpwatercooler.com. You can go take a look at that and see how that goes. Does that, that sound better than uh, WP Blab? No, yeah, that's that's rebranding. It kind of explains what it is, right? Like we're, mm-hmm. we're the WordPress marketing show, and we put the in the beginning of it, so you're that, well makes, it, that, that makes it very important. <laughs> the, it's the only WordPress marketing show. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> it's not a. It's not a WordPress marketing show. It's the. Yep. Oh, Cosper, you're uh, you're muted. Oh, he's. He, he I was going to say if, <laughs> if they called it a WordPress marketing show, it'd be first in the telephone book, and anybody yeah, that's anybody is in the telephone book. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! To really so drive that, that point home, you could be an underscore A and be all about the coding part of the WordPress marketing, and you know, really get that first number one spot organically. So, uh, Jason Ball, we, we brought you in um, through Jacob, through Steve. We, we had a little bit of a Steve's you a connector here. You literally know a guy who knows a guy. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you can you give us a quick little a quick little like uh, less than two minute overview of like what WP GraphQL is and how it works with WordPress? Yeah, sure. So GraphQL is a query language API that Facebook open sourced in 2015. It's uh, got some similarities to REST in that you can talk to a service and get JSON data in response. 
It's different than REST in that REST has endpoints per resource and GraphQL has a single endpoint. And you, the consumer, express what you want by writing queries. So in WordPress case, you can say, hey, I want a list of posts. And on each post, I want the ID and the title. And you'll get back just the ID and the title. Where REST, you say, hey, WordPress, I want posts. And you're not really sure what you're going to get back. Uh, like my site, it might be the ID and the title. Your site, it might be something else. Uh, so with GraphQL, you explicitly declare what you want and you get exactly that in response. Um, and then you can also follow connections between related data. So in REST, you have like an endpoint for posts, an endpoint for authors, an endpoint for images. So to get one entire post, you actually have to hit the post endpoint, the author endpoint, the taxonomy endpoint. You got to yeah. Yeah. So it's multiple things, and you have to wait to get the response to one and then follow up with a request to the other. With GraphQL, and they got to be six just... feet apart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so with GraphQL, you can say, hey, I want the posts and their author name and avatar and the categories and the name of the category and whatnot all in a single request. Um, it's schema-based, so uh, the schema, you register a schema with types and fields. Types are basically objects essentially. And you say these types have these certain fields. So ahead of time, any consumer can see what's possible to fetch from the API. Um, and cool. the schema is queryable itself. So you can do some really cool stuff with building. That's an important point too, in terms of like seeing what's available, because if I'm, you know, looking at a project for the first time and I have no idea what that API looks like and what the data and all the relationships I can through GraphQL, you know, explore and figure out, oh, cool. These are the different objects. There's posts, there's users, there's, you know, taxonomies. And then these are the different properties in that. And these are the different relationships so that I can quickly get a, a good lay of the land without really having to look at, you know, any very specific documentation. It's almost kind of self-documented too. So what does a what does a hello world start with to to do this? Like, how would you start off with um, doing a, a WP GraphQL implementation? Sure. Um, can I share my screen at all? Yeah, please go is, for it. Okay, cool. Uh, I I totally was not planning. I didn't even know about this until about fifteen minutes ago. So I'm not like super <laughs> super prepared. Um, Jason, you're like, a pro. Come on. <laughs> yeah, give me one second though. Uh, well, this while he's bringing that up too, like, you know, in terms of GraphQL, the nice thing is like when you request data, you you request data a certain shape and it comes back in that same shape as well, right? So if you say, give me post.id, you know, you're going to get post.id back. Oh, so there's no I think shape like, like, like Lucky Charms. If I'm looking for, you know, orange stars, <laughs> I, I don't get blue clovers. <laughs> Uh, yeah, something like that too. <laughs> it, it, it sounds pretty useful though, like in, in the sense of, um, you know, like, like the WordPress query, like it used to be it returned everything in the post and then you had to say, and if it's not this and if it's not this and it's not this, it sounds like what you guys are trying to do is say, what did we look at in, in the past and how can we improve it? And GraphQL is improving that query. Yeah. Well, and and I assume that that also makes the um, the whole system much um, the the load on the database much smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's feel free, feel um, free to zoom in a little bit too, because it oh, sure, sure. Know, it's a screen within a screen kind of thing. But but yeah, let's that definitely seem, take a look. Does that seem okay? Yeah, it looks good. 
Okay, yeah. so yeah, this is just kind of like a playground for playing around with WP GraphQL, uh, playground.wpgraphql.com. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll walk through some of the basics. This tool on the right side is called Graphical. It's like a IDE for working with GraphQL. It's an open source tool also uh, from Facebook. Um, so the, since it's schema-based, since GraphQL is schema-based, uh, one thing to note about GraphQL too, it's a specification for this API technology. It can be implemented in any language. So there's implementations in Java, Ruby, JavaScript, uh, and in our case, PHP. Um, so it's much like JSON itself, where JSON is used in any coding language out there today. Uh, GraphQL was intended to be kind of language platform agnostic and data source agnostic as well. So it, the data can be a Google spreadsheet if you want it to be. It could be a CSV file or, in our case, a SQL database behind WordPress. Um, and even in some cases, the data is not even in a database. Like, you can query post types, which are registered just statically in PHP code, right? Um, so, yeah, one, one, uh, one thing to note. So this tool allows us to explore the schema. So at the root of the schema, we have entry points uh, called queries and mutations, which can mentally translate to like uh, get request and put or post requests, right? And a REST API. And we can click into this and like explore what all is available or we can search. Like I know maybe I want to create posts so I can search and say, oh, these are all the ways I can interact with posts. I can click into something and see all the fields that that entity has. Um, and then I can type over here. So uh, yeah, this is kind of a hello world query. Um, a query in GraphQL looks essentially like JSON keys without the values. Yeah. And then a response when you execute it actually is JSON keys with the values. So you express to the API, hey, I want these things from general settings. And in response, I get those things. What what's parsing those? Because I don't see a comma, I don't see a colon. So so what's what's separating those? Is it just yeah. because it's in a, in a bracket? Yeah. So uh, yeah. So the GraphQL specification has a whole specification on how you write queries. Uh, okay. Basically, any anything in the brackets uh, would be called a selection set, and you select fields. Okay. And so anything here would be called a field. If that maps to a type, like if we look in the schema under general settings. General settings return the type. So you can return in GraphQL, you can return scalars, which is like, you know, a string, integer, boolean, like just flat values, or you can return more complex sure. types. And in this case, if it's a type, then you can select additional fields on that. Uh, so these are all the Fun, available okay. fields, uh, for example. So any field that I select is going to be uh, returned to me. And then... So that's like the kind of hello world. I'm just asking for some general settings. Um, probably the meat of things would be asking for posts. So I can ask for a list of posts. Uh, and this terminology of edges is probably like foreign to anybody who's looking at this if you haven't used GraphQL before. Yeah. So the concept with edges in an API, since we have uh, – here, I have a slide that shows this visually real quick. Let me get to it. 
Oh no. I don't even know my I'll ask you a quick question. When when go. you're um, when you're starting out with um, with graph with WP GraphQL, do you have to have um, GraphQL um, plugin, or do you do you just install WP GraphQL, and that plugin's what takes care of everything? Yeah, WP GraphQL takes care of it, and then the second you can install a second plugin that brings this graphical interface to your WordPress admin. What? So they're separate plugins at the moment, and this that's is a, cool. This is a plugin that that you built. Yeah, dude. All right. Yeah, and a related question to that, uh, I assume this works with any WordPress site. Uh, any WordPress site you can upload plugins to. So right. WordPress.com, like free plans or whatever that you can't. What about what about WooCommerce? Yeah, there's WP GraphQL for WooCommerce extension as well. Um, we have a advanced custom fields extension. Um, Someone's working on WP GraphQL for you gravity have an ACF? forms. Yeah, advanced There's custom an ACF fields. Extension? Yeah. What? What? Oh, uh, you, someone's got Chris, a MetaMask.io. This thing's awesome. That's really cool. That's <laughs> it really sounds cool. like I just canceled the rest of my day. And, you know, like now I'm going to be busy. Like, all right, I'll see you guys later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the concept of uh, like the shape of some of the schema comes from like this kind of concept. We have. At the, at the heart of WordPress, we have things like posts, users, comments, pages, terms, media, and they're all connected to each other, right? Um, here, this, I should have just pulled up this earlier. But visually, um, when you think of a graph, the, the term graph in our case means like graph data. Uh, so like you take a WordPress post, it has properties or fields like a title, which has a value like hello world. And it might have, you know, connections to other things. These in a GraphQL in, a, in the GraphQL schema, we call these things nodes, right? They're individual nodes. So a post is a node, a category is a node, a image is a node. Uh, these nodes can have properties, but they can also have connections to other nodes, right? And those nodes can have properties, right? And then they can have further connections and so on and so forth. So the space between two nodes is called an edge. It's this relational space. A uh, good way to think of this would be like a social network where I'm a user, you're a user. There's properties of our context, like the day we became friends. That's not a property of me, the user, and it's not a property of you, the user. It's a property of that relationship. So in a schema, we can expose that contextual data on the edge. Uh, so, that's, so that's where that term comes from uh, when you see it here. So you can ask yeah. for, and that's important for like caching. If you're going to request data and you want to cache the data somewhere, you're going to want to cache the node. Like you're going to want to cache post one exactly one time. Right. Uh, but if you, if you query some relational yeah. data, you don't want to cache that on the post because if you, if you come at it from a different direction, that relational data will be different. Uh, so you, you want to expose it somewhere that can be cached in between. Um, so that's kind of where the shape of the schema comes from. But yeah, we can query uh, like lists of posts and you'll see we get a list of posts with exactly the fields we want. I can, you know, change to just get fewer fields and I'll get fewer fields. Uh, behind wow. the scenes, it's only executing like filters and things that we need to. So since I'm not asking for the content, we don't apply filters on the content. Uh, we're like in the REST API, even if you specify in REST, 
that you don't want. Like, I think there's a fields parameter you can pass, but it still executes everything. It just filters out the response. So you're still waiting for filters to be applied and, you know, 700 different plugins to hook into that filter. Interesting. <laughs> uh, and then you can also, very similar to hitting like a single REST endpoint for a single post, you can make queries like this where you pass an ID and say, hey, I just want this one post, uh, give it to me. This ID, the IDs, they're not the database IDs, they're base64 encoded wow. IDs to allow them to be global. So I don't know if you can see this, but the ID just actually translates to like post one. Wow. And that's because that, that uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and that's because a cache, like in WordPress, you could have post with ID one, a comment of ID one, a user with ID one, and a term of ID one. And it's not like a slug other. where they're where where the slug is um, unique to the entire system. You needed yeah. to have some uniqueness to it, and that's what that's where you're getting that. Yeah. Wow. So that's, wow. Okay. So this can be used for caching as well. So then you don't have like conflicts in your cache uh, with with different nodes. Um, so you can query individual, obviously same like posts, you can query pages and then, uh, support for custom post types is pretty, pretty easy. Um, should have had all this pulled up, uh, but in our docs, like if you want to use custom post types, as you register, you just register, uh, you say show in GraphQL and then give it a single name and a plural name. And if it's an existing post type that you're wow. not registering, like a plugin is registering it that you don't own, you can filter the post type args and just say, hey, I want this post type from this other plugin to be exposed to my schema. Uh, so that's just a few you lines of code. So, so you could do that with like Gravity Forms. Hey, I want to have all my forms in this, in this thing and you can just pass it through. Yeah, Gravity Forms is a little more wow. complex because they use their own database tables instead of post types. Oh, uh, I got it. Okay. So, but yeah, any anything that uses core like WordPress and kernels. Else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I right. mean, WooCommerce has their own tables for some things too. Uh, oh, wow. But yeah, it's a it's a very extendable uh, API. We have like register GraphQL field functions where you can uh, register field. I'll walk through some of that too. Is is that why your WooCommerce thing is, is for, I mean, first of all, it, it's an extension of what you're doing, so it's its own yeah. separate plugin. But because it's going to get those tables and and Woo does its own magic, it, it made sense to put it in in that second plugin. And le, like, is is it impossible to put it into GraphQL, or does it just make more sense to, to separate it like that? To me, it makes more sense to be like an opt in decision. Like, I don't use WooCommerce. I, okay. I haven't used WooCommerce in probably like five years or so myself. Uh, not nothing against it. I just don't have the need for e-commerce right now. Um, you just don't sell anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, and I think there's a lot of WordPress users that don't use WooCommerce, right? So why have all this cruft sure. in your plugins if you're not cool. using it? So yeah, that's the model yeah. right now is that we'd have like these bridge plugins for the moment. Ideally over time, if it, takes you know steam in the community folks would you know build the integrations themselves into their plugins i know jason, WordPress. I, I gotta i, oh, I gotta go commend you for that jason for for not um kind of uh jet packing everything and lumping uh <laughs> lumping uh, functionality that people don't even need 
into your plugin. I, I, I gotta, I gotta applaud you for that. Yeah, but yeah. installing five plugins, I just have five little UIs things that I click it and it just swipes. <laughs> it's so much better. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's uh, there's Rust- trade offs. The rest of our audience, <laughs> jetpacking. <laughs> yeah, jetpacking. I love it. There's trade-offs for sure. The development, I could, I could see from a developer perspective why you would bundle them all together. Though things like writing integration tests for many different plugins becomes a lot more difficult than one plugin uh, because you got to bootstrap the environment, the testing environment, many different times, and then you got to maintain the environment many different places. Um, So that, from a development perspective, there's a lot of upside to keeping things all together. So what about those custom database tables if they do exist? For instance, going back to what um, what we're asking with uh, Gravity Forms, can you access that in any way, or is there a way you can pull some data from from that? And or if, yeah. or if maybe Russ wants to write the plugin that's going to pull that data in, how, how would he start off with that? Yeah, sure. yeah. So actually, a few weeks ago, funny I was enough, I am. So WPGraphQL, uh, let me see. I built a plugin to show as an example. I'm probably next week we'll publish a blog post about it. Um, let's see. Kind of like the, the Yoast that we did, Jason. Yeah, that yeah, uh, that pulled from like Meta. Uh, let's see notifications as an example. So this is a quick plugin. I was helping somebody in Slack a few weeks ago. Um, so we bu- I built a plugin to kind of showcase how you can do this. With custom database tables so this was the t- database table uh he was working with so it just had it was a table for notifications and it had these fields id highlight all the all these fields so for this plugin just to showcase it i you know when you activate the plugin it installs this database table wow um and then we hook into graphql in it to so basically when graphql is booting up if you're making a graphql request uh this will get called and then you can hook in and modify code. If you're doing anything else in WordPress, the GraphQL code's not gonna execute. Right? Scroll scroll back up a little bit to the custom to the query you had there. A little bit a little bit more. Um yeah, no, just the function name. It, it, it looks like uh, yeah. So it looks like um um and I commend you on this as well, is you built proper hooks into this plugin so that people can extend Ooh. it, right? Um a lot of plugins don't do that. And so the, uh, so that that's great news. Yeah, so this this one just hooks into the activation yep. of WordPress itself. Um, yeah, and then this hooks into GraphQL initializing. Mm-hmm. Um, in so in our case, what we're doing, I don't have this active anywhere to show you like what this is actually doing in GraphQL. Sure. But what it is doing, so it it creates what's called the connection resolver. So when we were querying a list of posts and then the edges and the nodes, that's what's called a connection in GraphQL. So okay. when when a query is asking for a connection, like a list of items, we have to resolve that somehow. Somehow, so I have I've abstracted a lot of that data into a class called Abstract Connection Resolver, uh, cool. which you as a developer can extend. And what you do basically is say, okay, when somebody asks for this connection, uh, a list of posts, for example, or a list of pages, what query should I execute? So you get to define like the query to execute and you want you you as the developer implementing this want to do the most efficiently possible query to get just the IDs and then I'll explain why that is later but like wp query for example 
if you execute WP query, it gets just the IDs first, and then yeah. it checks the cache and uses the object from the cache if it's there, or if it's not in the cache, it follows up to get the objects from the database, right? Right. So GraphQL, what this is doing is saying, when you first ask for a connection, just get the IDs, uh, and it caches it very similar to WP query, and you can actually use WP query here to get the IDs. Yeah. Um, and you can define, like, based on user permissions, should this execute, like, I don't know, revisions, for example, oh, wow. are require authentication to view. So you could say, you know, based on a certain permission or role or capability, you could say should execute false, for example. And then it, it'll still wow. be in the schema, but it won't execute uh, unless they meet those conditions. Um, and then, so, so that resolver gets the IDs. And then we have a concept called loaders, which loaders take the IDs and they do the most efficient possible way of getting the full objects. So I've abstracted a lot of this as well to make use of caching uh, as much as possible. It, and it still uses as much WordPress internals as possible here too. Um, but this would get a list of the keys and then load them once either from the cache or from the database. So you basically write just one function to load keys for your data. So in our case, it's going to be just a custom SQL query. In uh, most of the core is like actually WP query, WP comment query, WP user query, that kind of stuff. So that it can make use of existing plugins like cache plugins that hook into those internals. Um, so yeah, you, you build a connection resolver uh, loader and then, and then you register it to the schema. So we can say register GraphQL object type, you give it a type name. Cool. Uh, this will be added to the schema as the type notification, much like we have post or page or comment or user. Now we have notification. And then we have the fields that we define. The fields have a type also that reference an existing registered type. And then when you give a field a type, that's your your contract between the server and the front end saying, hey, if you, you a consumer, want to ask for something, you can guarantee, like I'm promising you it's going to come back in this shape. So if I tell you it's going to be a string, you as a consumer have some safety in building your apps knowing, hey, this is going to be a string. Like I don't have to guess. Um, and then it can be more complex objects. Like I can have a field that returns a notification. And then I know when I query a notification, it can have these fields. Hey, Jason. Um, yeah. Is this, when, when GraphQL is, or WP GraphQL in terms of WordPress, this is generally when I'm in a headless WordPress environment or would I be using it in other contexts? Uh, any context you want to interact with WordPress data, I would say it's useful for. Um, okay. It is very, I think the trend right now is to use GraphQL for like JavaScript applications like Next or Gatsby or Gridsum or whatever. Uh, I have built PHP themes with it because I like using it. <laughs> okay. But so, so like you're, you're building PHP. Looks like you froze. Then you're yeah, okay. storing that in a variable and then just building your page. Yeah. I, if you've ever used something like, um, uh, like twig or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, okay. I think it plays kind of nice with that. You can, you can express the data that you want. And then you have this object of data that you can just flow into your template and, you know, yeah. So instead cool. of writing, like get the author inside your template, you know, 
you make your request for the basically the whole template, pass it down to template parts. Um, oh. Yeah, there's some, there, there's a lot of stuff with the language that we didn't even look at. Um, if you guys want, I can show you more. Um, yeah, we have about two minutes left until the end okay. of the show. Um, where can someone uh, get a list of the different um, the different plugins that um, you already have integrations with that we uh, could uh, we could link over to our um, our show notes so people can kind of get an idea of what they can you know what they can play with with it. Yeah, I have a. It's not actually on the doc site right now, but I have a pull request right here to add extensions to the docs. Uh, so at the moment you can look in here <laughs> until it's <laughs> added to the docs. Yeah, uh, no, th I think that would be, I think that'd be a great, a great way. Cause what's going to happen is people are going to do a, a, do a search for that, you know, for whatever plugin they're using that they want to be able to kind of use WP GraphQL with, and then be able to just kind of pull that in and go, Oh, okay. It doesn't work with this, but it does work with this and this. And then yeah. kind of go from oh, there. Thank but, God there's a dad jokes integration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, one of the best ways, right? So a lot of this isn't on the .org repo. Uh, that's another episode if you want to get into it. Uh, yeah, definitely. So it's on GitHub. Uh, good way to find is just search GitHub for WP GraphQL, and hopefully you'll find extensions that way. Awesome. Uh, well, hey, I want to say thank you, Jason, for for um, hanging out with yeah, us other dude. two Jasons. We also have a Russ. We also had a Jacob and a Steve. So dude, <laughs> I want to say thank you. you for coming and hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Quite sure. a bit. This is, this is really interesting, man. And and it seems like that that this is just the wave of the future. This is going to be a yeah. thing eventually, man. Yeah. yeah. If you. not, already is. But hey, yeah. if you want to go uh, find out from us, go over to our website over at wprcore.com slash subscribe, where you can learn how to subscribe to this show as well as all the other shows that are on our network. Um, we now have, um, uh, we also have this particular show is now in um, in Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts. And, and we Patreon. recently just added it as a Spotify. Yeah. And if you want to find us, you can go over to um, uh, patreon.com slash wpwatercooler and you can find us over there. Talk to y'all later. You have a good one. Bye-bye.